Hello and welcome back to Rovers Chat Podcast. It's episode six and the trio are back together as we sit down to look over the last week, look ahead to the week coming up and discuss a few different topics. And of course, we'll end with your questions and the quiz questions as well. So, Mike, welcome. How are we doing? Yeah, it's good to be back on English soil with the lovely weather. And Mark, back on the channel as well. How are we? Yeah, pretty much the same, enjoying the rain currently. Oh, was I? Bit of a difference, isn't it, to where you two have been? But uh, just a few things to tidy up, really, before we start. Firstly, we're now on Apple Podcasts, so if you listen on Spotify, YouTube, you'd rather listen on Apple, there'll be a link down below. You can go and find out the uh, feed there. You can hit subscribe, even if you don't listen on there, just hit subscribe anyway. Always helps us, pushes us up the charts as well a bit. The second bit is the Football Content Awards. Voting's now open. Now people will remember we've been in it the last two years. The first year we received the silver award and then last year we was in the final 10. We didn't get an award, but we're going back third time rookie this year. So there'll be a link down below. You can have a vote on Twitter. Uh, you just simply click the link and it'll post a tweet for you that gives us a vote. Or you can also check out the website and go and vote there. All the instructions will be there and there'll be a separate video coming on the channel just detailing how you can vote. So please go and do it. Really appreciate it. We're hoping to have a good day out. I think it's the day of the year, especially doing this where you kind of come together. We can... It's not often the three of us, I don't think the three of us have ever met up, actually. It's not often the team gets together. So really appreciate anyone voting. Hopefully we can get there. It's at Anfield as well. We've had good things at Anfield as Rovers fans. It wouldn't be bad to get another. But let's get into the podcast this week. We'll start off with the whole game. Rovers lose the first one of the season 2-1. Mark, I'll come to you first. General thoughts on the whole game. Did Rovers deserve anything from it, despite having 10 men? Oh, first 20 minutes, I was very impressed with Hull. I think it's probably the way I will phrase it. Um, and ironically, after the sending off, I thought, yeah, we probably did deserve something. I think it was, um, I was impressed with Rovers after they went down to 10 men. I thought we got a foothold in the game. And just the general organisation and then beyond that, I thought they were more creative when, when they went down to 10. Um, I'm going to put it out to tiredness, the 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 two goals, I think, more than anything. So I, I felt really sorry for the match. I thought they really put in a good shift. Yeah, I think you could see we hit in Carter, couldn't you? When they were trying to run back for that second goal, they were just absolutely battered. Yeah. It, was, it was just a case of Rovers giving their all. And unfortunately, the game went on a little too long. Mike, what do you make of the defeat? Do you think it's one that Rovers just have to put down as it's happened? We had 10 men and, you know, move on to these two league games before the internationals? Yeah, I mean, we're killing ourselves again, aren't we, with that uh, clumsy tackle that got Pickering sent off. But again, coming back from adversity, showed great character. You look at the Rotherham game where, you know, 2-0 down, you would expect us to go on to lose that, but we showed some character and ended up being disappointed that we didn't even win it. And then, to you know, to have a man sent off against a whole side that, like Mark said, they've done really good business. They're looking really strong this year. And... Yeah. We nearly won it. You know, we weren't that far away from winning it. So once again, we're disappointed that out of adversity that we haven't even gone and won this game. And obviously my boy Sammy Gallagher goes and gets his goal, which gives us a little bit of confidence going into further games. But yeah, to go back to it, it's one of those where you just live and learn and it shows we didn't have the depth to, you know, with that tiredness, but definitely need to make sure that going forward, we have some some depth because we're just going to be finding ourselves in these situations of tiredness. I think as well, for me, for the reason we fought back two weeks in a row is just this kind of spirit we seem to have. I've 
criticised Rovers so many times over the last few years. That Rotherham one, like you mentioned, Mark, I think we'd have gone and lost that 4 or 5 nil, a bit like last time at Rotherham. The one against Tulla, I really expected us to fall apart and lose it 3 or 4, and we didn't. We held out, and on another day, we might have kept that, but unfortunately, Tainus got the better. If we just look ahead to the week coming up, obviously, if you want to check out the content as well from the whole match, plenty of that over on the channel. Two games coming up before our next recording. Potentially, we'll have to discuss plans for the next episode. But the first one's Watford on Sunday, 12 o'clock kickoff. Sky are always considering the fans, as always. Uh, I think my alarm's 4 o'clock on, on Sunday morning, so I'm looking forward to that. Now, Watford obviously said that should have done better last year. Lost a few key players this year, but started the same as Rovers, a winner, draw and a loss. Mark, what do you make of Watford? Do you think they'll give Rovers a tough test and can we get something out of the game? I think this is going to be one of those absolute classic championship games where you, you just don't bet on it. Anything could happen from either team. Um, and I, I think the one thing that is a positive, and it's, it's kind of going back to the Rotherham game, but comes into this, is normally... We, you know, how long did it take us last season? We went 1-0 down. It was game over. That hasn't been the case on the first away game, a tough away game as well at Rotherham. Um, so that gives me more hope, if I'm being honest, because even if we start poorly, um, and, and Rotherham have, uh, Watford have got goals in this game, in, in the team. Uh, that's absolutely without doubt. So what gives me confidence now is we, we've got this spirit that's coming back. So, um, and obviously... As Mike mentioned, you know, Sam Gallagher plays like he did a weekend, and then we have genuinely got a good goal threat and, and, and somebody who will cause some problems. Um, so, yeah, I think we can. I find Watford hard to judge as well, given that their only yeah. wins come over QPR. And I find it really tough because Plymouth, I think the point against Plymouth, we saw Plymouth push uh, Southampton really well, albeit that were at home, which obviously we'll go on and discuss Plymouth next week. But I don't know. I can't judge what for this game. Mike, how do you feel yeah. heading into Sunday? Do you think Rovers can bounce back, get at least a point on the board ahead of what's looking like another uh, long, tough trip the week after at Plymouth? I'm def definitely going to keep us out of my accumulator because we don't like travelling south towards the London area. I know Watford's slightly north, but you know we don't seem to travel that well down south. But I, I agree with you. Watford, very strong side, but they're not the same side as what they were. I think I think the realistic aim is to get a point and just I think if we get a point we're going to be happy, you know you take it you get back. Um, I'd like to see some some changes obviously because uh, Pickering will be suspended for this one, won't he? It is an instant yeah. suspension, isn't it? So I think like Mark said on a previous pod that chances are Britain's going to be the one that comes in at left back to cover, and he looks quite good when he's been there. Yeah. So I've, I think he's you know it's a real good time. Um, Thing for him to stake a claim there. So I think we're going to be on the back foot. I want to see a nice, tight defence and I want to see Pears getting his positioning a bit better and things like that. I just want us to be solid. Yeah, yeah Mark, I'll come back to you on that Britain point, actually. How confident do you feel having Callum Britton there as a backup? I thought he was very impressive against Hull. I picked him yeah. out on the extra time show was the one that we kind of focused on and all his stats showed that he had quite a good game. So do you think he's a good enough replacement for Pickering? Do you think Rovers might have to tweak maybe, say, a winger coming back a bit more with him in the side? No, I don't think so at all. I think, to be honest, it gives us a, a good option. I think the way we play with those inverted wing-backs as well, well full-backs, but we play like wing-backs, um, I, I, I think it gives us another option. And I, I think we all like Harry Pickering. Harry Pickering's a 7 out of 10 every week. But I think there's 
there's room there to improve and, and Britain could well be that person. And uh, I think what he does need to do for me, I mean, he started out as a winger, so he's comfortable going forward. It's He gets in those positions, particularly when he's at left back, where he cuts inside and he will get at least one or two usually shots again from just outside the box. He's got to start hitting the target for me from there. Um, and if he can do that, you know, he's good going forward. He creates chances. Um, and I think, you know, he's a good defender. So, no, I think I think he's a, like Mike said, he's a real good opportunity for Calum Britain this because he could nail that down as his position. Yeah, so I, I, I've said over the previous uh, couple of weeks that left back is actually a position that I'm concerned about with the centre forward. Are you guys concerned about the left back position as much as I am? I feel... Yes and no. For me, it's the finances that always push me on these decisions. I'd love yeah. to get a left back in before uh, yeah. before the window's out. Whether it's going to be a centre back slash left back if we get one, isn't it? I'm not too concerned. I actually think with players who can fill in there, it'd be interesting. Well, although I don't want to see it, it'd be interesting to see how we'd feel if Pickering and Britain were out. Then where do Rovers go from there? We've seen. Well, I can't see JRC moving to left-back again, but we've seen hedges there before, haven't we? I think it'd just be... We're getting that stage where we're just pushing players back, aren't we? How do you feel, Mark? Do you feel Rovers would be all right without... Say Britain was out as well? Does the concern well, and, want to grow? Let's be honest, Britain and, and Joe Rankin Costello have not got great injury records. Um, I, I think we are light there, but I think I, I'm kind of leaning to what you were saying there. It's finances, I think. I actually think we can improve that position. I think Harry Pickering, I like him, but I do think we can improve that position. Mm-hmm. But then, depth-wise, I know what you mean, Matt. We, we are like, um, you know, we are, we've got two options. I mean, we've got five at the back, or Jay Batty is in. Um, so, and it's a bit. I, I think what I'm trying to say is, if you if you get our strongest eleven, yeah, I actually, I actually think left backs are weakest position. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Now is that is that is that something controversial to say? I'm not yeah, too right. sure. It's just I'm I'm really confident with the centre back pairing. Yeah. Um, right back, I think we've got options. Midfield, I think we're quite strong. I would use the term strong. Um, centre forward, I know that I, I I Sam Gallagher gets on my nerves, but he he is an option. Leonard looks like he's a good option. Wingers, if we get our first. Wingers out, they're okay. Goalkeeper, okay. Pairs has his moments, but let's assume Volstad's going to be a good goalkeeper. It does leave that left-back position. I do think Pickering does get found out. Yeah. He's been one of the best left-backs we've had in a while, don't get me wrong. Um, but like I think Mark just said, he, it's definitely a position to improve on. Yeah. For me, I think I actually, starting 11-wise, it's more that right-hand side of the front three that I worry about, providing Sigurdsson's going to be, you know, what we all hope on the left-hand side. I think that's where we're weakest. I think Dolan's not quite doing it. Hedges doesn't quite produce what he's clearly capable of. Mark Andy, we don't know. Um, but I know what you mean, Mark. For me, I like Harry Pickering, and I feel really harsh saying this, but I think... Mm. It, when he comes up against most championship wingers, he's good enough. But there seems to be a level and a standard of winger where he doesn't then raise his game. And, it, and it, it, they, it, when they can then beat him, they can beat him every single time. And it, and it can cause us a problem. Um, you know, I know, obviously, at home against Burnley, there's that. But there was two or three wingers where he just couldn't get a grip of them. Mm. That's when it's then an issue. Uh, and it seems to just be a certain standard of winger that he, he can't can't get to 
it's finding yeah. that fullback, isn't it, for Rovers? Oh, yeah. Having the finance. Again, it's hard, isn't it, when you're in these situations. We'll just move on to the Harrogate game coming up now. There's one thing that surrounds this Harrogate game for everyone, and that's the ticket situation. I don't want to harp on about it too much. With this. I put a tweet out there the other day that we're more in frustration than anything, and we could go on for an hour about the club's ticketing policies, etc. and that. So we'll focus... We'll try and focus on the game more than anything. Now, Rovers head there on Wednesday, obviously, then make the trip down to Plymouth on the Saturday. So we're looking at, what, a day before Rovers then get back on the road. Mark, I'll come back to you. Is it a game where you just put that team out, you put out in the first game, hope we get through and just keep everyone fit and keep everyone at home, really, for the game? But for me, I couldn't care massively less if we put an 18-20 man squad out full of kids it really won't bother me too much no. I think probably not exactly the same team but same principle so whoever's not the starting 11 on the Saturday just because we need to see if they're good enough and they need a competitive game so I playing the behind closed door games but what I would say on this game um, I was having a good chat to my brother about these cup games and what is the big because we were watching uh, some of the Sunderland game what is the big difference between when we had Mowbray and Yundal Thomason, because it can't just be the look. It, we've had similar draws. Uh, in in argue, arguments case, you could probably say Bradford away is a tougher draw than some of the ones we had under Mowbray. Um, and we came to really the conclusion that I, I feel there's a little bit of um, a mental thing that the players are coming in rather, you know, with this, we've got an opportunity here. I think he does sell it like that. Whereas Morbury almost, it was kind of a pain in the rear. But I actually, what we came down to ultimately was, if you look at our teams now and you go 21s and 18s, they're playing in exactly the same way. And they play all these behind the closed doors games where Jake Batty will be playing that left-back role as Harry Pickering is supposed to play that role. And actually, then they're slotting in and they're doing exactly the job that they've been doing. It's just the 21s, it's the 18s. And... Under Mowbray, there was, I know there was a time where the 21s were doing the 23s at the time. They were doing amazing, but they were playing three at the back and the yeah. first team weren't playing three. So, and, and you know, I think that's got so much because it doesn't then matter who else is playing. Jay Batty's just doing what Jay Batty's been doing in the 21s and in the behind closed doors games. It's just the, the opposition that's different. Um, so, you know, I think that's ultimately the factor. And I think it's then a chance to just see them in competitive action against a good, you know, a good standard of opponent, really. It's identity, isn't it? It's having that way through the squad. Yeah. Stuart Jones mentioned it a few times that it's nice to have it fed down exactly. And like you say, you can see if anyone gets chance to watch the 21s or 18s, you see straight away, you see Leo Duru come inside with a ball, Georgie yeah. Gent, Serena, whoever's playing left back does it. Uh, Batty, like you mentioned as well. So really, uh, really good. Mike Harrogate, obviously League Two outfit, a chance for Rovers to then get a draw against anyone. I'll just ask you, any team you'd dream to get in the third round if Rovers can make it through. Obviously, all the European teams come in, well, all the English teams in Europe come into it then. I'm not saying we'll get Barcelona, not yet anyway, but anyone you'd like to see either down at Ewood or maybe away from home? Um, I'd like it to be more local to me for for uh, to make it a bit cheaper for me to get to games. Um, I'm I'm going to be, I'm going to say I'm not actually that bothered about the Cups this year. You know, we were so lucky last year to have a couple of, couple of good Cup runs. I don't feel like we've got the depth to continue. So next next game, say, say that we, we put Harrogate to one side and we've played a young side and we've rested our first team, I'd want the same again. Um, I don't feel like we've got the depth for a good run. 
Um, I think the league's going to be much more difficult this year than it was last. So, yeah, I'd actually like to just see the what would be statistically the worst side we could possibly get that's local to me, that we could go and knock a few goals past them with our, uh, with our uh, younger team. I mean, I, I trust our tactics at the moment. I mean, I was looking at stats today. Um, they were tweeted out that we're second in XG in the championship for goals and uh, four, and we are sixth for goals against, which shows that our tactics are really working. So against Harrogate, I'd, I'd actually want to play some some players from the first team, like a Gallagher up front, to give him those chance to maybe yeah. get some goals and get some confidence and remind him whether, you know, they can score more than one goal a game. It's the I remember next line, isn't it, really? That's, that's who it needs to be. Well, mm-hmm. I remember but, Taylor Wedden and George Ace playing last year at West Ham and we got a result there, so yeah. anything. That's what got in the start. Quinton Muller, yeah, he's there. Well, he's not going to that decision again. No, I know we're not um, We're not talking about Thomason here, but I do think, you know, the XG, like you just said there, Matt, so this so far this season, and it's early in the season, but we've got three games gone. We've come back against Rotherham, which we hadn't done. The XG was so low last year, and now it's and it's it's now showing statistically and and football facts what we can all see to the eye is that this is now working. And I think that you know then you've got the cup runs coming in, and it's not about just the cup run; it's about the players coming in knowing the roles. Um, I think it's showing what a good good manager. And I I I was in the balance with him, but what a good manager and a good philosophy we've got, which is, just makes it all more frustrating with the transfer situation. I think. What a perfect leeway on to the next topic as well, transfers. Not too much going on. We will go on and discuss Danny Bath in a second, but we wanted to just have a look over the current uh, guys that are coming over the summer. Four signings, obviously, with Knotts in Sigurdsson, Knotts in Volstead. We'll just mention Tronstad and Ennis. Mike, I'll come to you on Tronstad. What have you made of his start at Rovers? We've not seen too much of him, to be fair, but have you been impressed by what we have seen? You know, his limited time on the pitch? Um, Not really. I know that's probably harsh. Um, he just seems like another guy. He looks like he is a leader. You can see him walking around the pitch, talking to people. Um, it's going to take him a while because he's, I mean, how old is he? He's, he's later 20s, isn't he? And he's, 27. He's, yeah. So, I mean, he's playing with some young lads. You know, it's, it's a culture difference. I think it's going to take him a little bit longer to bed in uh, and to be that leader. Yeah, not massively impressed, but it's not that I've been disappointed. It's just, I don't think he's been given the opportunity to impress us yet. And Mark, I'll come to you on Niall Ennis. Obviously, a really injury-hit start of pre-season, got into the squad now, come off the bench the last couple. What have you made of his time at Ewood Park so far? I've been impressed on a personal note. Yeah, I, I agree. I think he's shown, uh, you know, the Plymouth fans were quite upset when he left and I think he's shown the reasons why. I think his, his link-up plays better than that. Hopes in some ways. I thought for me he was going to be a bit more of um around the box and and you know a finisher and uh, playing on the shoulder. But actually his link up play has been really good, so it's it's positive for me. Yeah, and there were a bit of talk about when he were arriving, you know, on a free transfer, of course. What are your thoughts on you know maybe writing off a player such so maybe not writing off, but maybe putting yeah. a player down before we've seen them just because they've arrived on a free from a League One club where he actually left by choice. I, I, yeah, I think, you know, if if we'd have gone and if he was under contract and you look at him at 24, and I know off, off this, we've had a chat about um, 
about Jerry Yates, and we've also had a chat about the player that's escaping my brain right Swine. now. Hold. Um, Swine, is it? Swine. Yeah, yeah, well, we'll call him Swine. Scott Swine. Yeah, so they're both 24. If you look at their, if you cover their names up and you get them on Wikipedia and put their stats side by side, his resume, I would argue, is, is certainly as good, but I'd probably say it's better, Ennis. In terms of games played, what it, what what Twines looks like is he's gone into the championship, couldn't do it, and he's and he stepped away. Ennis, all right, hasn't had that chance yet. But if we'd have gone and got Scott Twine, all right, forget the club he's at, parent club, the fans would have been going bonkers. What a great signing! Uh, Jerry Yates, all the all the Rose fans on Twitter were saying, "Oh, you know, that's the kind of guy we need." If we'd have gone and paid two million for Ennis, and he was at League One, and he'd scored the goals he scored, and he was, you know, oh, what a good, yeah, great, that's the kind of signing we need. I think the fans would have been much more optimistic. Um, and I feel a bit sorry for him because he's almost been, everyone's been going, oh, we need a striker. It's, yeah, he's come on a free, he must just be for depth. I think actually it's a really astute move and he could be a good good addition. It's one I of would... those things, isn't it, where fans have a look at it and they think, well, he's free. Well, that means he's worthless. And why has he come to us and not come to anyone else? Could have gone to anyone. And, and that perception, like you say, then just becomes a bit of a stigma. Yeah, I think well, then, as well with him, like you look at, he moves on here, uh, he come out against Trevor, I thought it was really good, that ball in uh, for the second goal when he, when he went out, the keeper was good, he showed good work on Saturday. We've not brought him in, in my eyes at least, to be that out-and-out striker to go and get us up, or to get us in the playoffs. I think he's coming as an option in the attack, an option we much needed really in the attack. And he's going to do his job. If he carries on at the rate he's has done coming off the bench, goals will come for him. And I think everything else will come. And uh, I just think it's one that we've got to appreciate where we've got him from. We've got to appreciate that not all free signings are bad. You know, I know they're not on the same level, but we did plenty of them in the Premier League. We've done plenty of them in the Championship as well. Uh, Danny Graham being one that we got on a free. So just because you're free doesn't write you off at all, does it? Well, it's the same oh. with uh, Dak, wasn't it? I remember when Dak signed, everyone's thinking, oh, you know, not worth much money from a small club. And he, he ends up becoming a club legend, Tyrese Dolan. You know, he's now one of our strongest attacking players and he was released by Preston because they didn't think he was good enough for their first team. And it, it's it's just like uh, perception in football is, is quite funny. I mean, Sam Allardyce said about if his name was Sam Allardyce, he would have been a Real Madrid manager, and it's it's true, isn't it? Perception in football, it's just so funny. But I think for Rovers fans, I think because we've had so many, not legendary players as such, but really good players come through for next to nothing. Well, I think uh, we yeah we we tend to have a little bit more of an open mind. But it is funny when you see other fans going off on one about their five million signing. You look at their stats compared to the stats of another guy, and it's like mm, not sure. That five million's worth it, but I suppose time will tell. I don't think Thomason's helped in this case, to be fair, because he keeps talking about us needing goals, even though we've signed him. Um, so he's mm. almost not discarded him, but you know he, he still wants. But I think the goals need to come from out wide. That's the other thing. Um, but I think Ennis is is shown. You know, I'd have been disappointed if we'd have gone and signed Jerry Yates, paid money if that was our one big, you know, spending our big spending. 
but you know, our pot of money, it's not massive and we just spent it on him. I'd be disappointed yeah. how far he went with any. I think the flip side of this is, you know, we all remember when Brereton signed and he was 7 million. The moment he doesn't hit the ground running, the fans are going, what the bloody hell's going on? So there are two ways to it, I suppose, but... Well, I was yeah. just about to say about Breverton, when we spent that money on him, because we're not the kind of club to spend that kind of money, a lot of what? us were like, oh, my God, what are we doing spending that money? And not ultimately, was he value? It's a conversation for another day, um, because obviously yeah. he left on a free. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I, I'd hate for us to be spending that kind of money and taking that kind of risk at the moment. Yeah, He's having sure. the same issue over at Villarreal because they've just gone and signed Soloth for 10 million euros and now he's the man who's got to start. Yeah, it's in that... I think you get that pressure on, don't you, of, oh, we spent this money on him. He's got to, We've got to stick by Brereton. I don't think we'd have stopped by Brereton Diaz or Brereton at the time if he hadn't have been the money he was. I think no. you're almost in that situation, aren't you, where you spent that money. You've got to keep him, see Harry Maguire at United at times. But we'll move on just quickly to Danny Bath. Uh, we won't go into it because we've kind of gone into it on every other show because he keeps getting linked and then not linked and coming back. Alan Nixon saying we've made a proper approach for him, an official approach now. We'll just wait and see if we get him. If we get him, I'm sure we'll cover it, but we won't go into the same topics we have with him in the past. But that's where we round off this week in focus and we'll move on to the mailbag where we answer your questions uh, and just see if we can actually give you an answer to the stuff you've asked. So we'll jump into that now. So welcome back to the mailbag. Remember, you can submit your questions in the comments down below or over on Twitter at Rovistat underscore. So the first question from James on Instagram, simple one. Assuming everyone's fit, what is your front three for Rovers going forward this season? Obviously, barring any signings. Mark, I'll let you take the lead. Who are your three playing, your two wide men and your main striker? I think we need a right wide right. Um, I'm going to go, although we've not seen him, just off hope, Sigurdsson on the left. Um, I'm gonna go Ennis up front at the moment, and I'm gonna put Gallagher on the right just at the moment. Mike, mm. I, I would have gone together. I was gonna say, I was gonna go similar, um, but I'd actually put Hedges on the right. Mm. I've got a bit of a soft spot for Hedges. I know he had his moments at the end of last season, which put a few people down on him, but generally. I, I do quite like Hedges. No, no, I agree. I just think he's... I like him. I just think he's got to now... He's at an age where, you know, he can't say he's young. You can't say it's an extra... No. He's got to add goals and assists. It has mm. to happen. Uh, or we need somebody... In his in. production, doesn't he? He does, yeah. And, and yeah. I think the rest of his game's good. I, I do, I really like him, but... I'm sticking by Harry Leonard up top. I'll stick with him for now. I feel if Rovers are going to struggle for goals this year anyway, let him get the experience and let him try and mm. get a few uh, and try and we might as well build him in. Sigurdsson as well. I'll put Ennis out wide. I'd like to see him. I, I believe he can play on the right of a three as well. So I'd like to see whether he could do an impact. But if I'm in the same situation. For the weekend, it would have been a different question, wouldn't it? But yeah. Yeah. I think as well, you know, you mentioned the hedges. It's hard as a winger. I find it with hedges that slows the play down too much at times and it really frustrates me at Rotherham we'd like we'd be breaking and then it's on his right foot and he's got to come in on his left and play that pass and 
you know, he can't whip that right football and then it just frustrates me. It's the, opposite. the most annoying thing for me with him. He's the opposite to Smodics in many ways, where Smodics does things quickly. Even if it's not necessarily the right thing, he'll make that pass, he'll have that shot. Hedges almost overthinks. I think he's a clever footballer and he overthinks, that's the problem. And he's thinking it's not quite the right angle to do. It's not quite... Uh, and just, just have a shot. Yeah, just have a go at it. Uh, Mike, yeah. you had a question as well to submit. Yeah, a question from Harvey. Would you say the atmosphere at Ewood at the moment is better than it's been in, say, the last 10 years? Because when, when I've been to, I mean, I, I've been to a few games over that period, and you two are season to holders. You obviously go to far more games than me. And I felt like it was a really frosty atmosphere like previously. But now the atmosphere mm. last year, it just seems to be a much nicer, better, louder place than it has been. Yeah, I think it's up there with the best that we've seen for 10 years. I think the the team understand what John Doyle's doing. Uh, the fans understand what John Doyle's doing, sorry. They understand with a young team that need people behind them. I think under more it got to the stage where the same old are happening every week and you could hear the groans growing bigger when Rovers misplaced the same pass into the midfield. Now it feels like the summit building and the fans are getting behind it. I'd argue probably the League One season had just beat it in terms of that, but a promotion season's always going to be up there. I'd say for championship, it's best best since we got relegated, definitely. Mark, your thoughts? Short answer is yes. Uh, completely agree. I think it came back under Morbury, didn't it? Because we, we bought, you know, one thing you could never say when we had Tony Morbury was never once did I turn up and think that team hasn't given 100%. And that's mm. all you can ask for, really. And that turned the fans. But towards the end, it was getting when he was whinging a lot about things, it did get a bit, you know. And then we had the old Bradley Johnson up front as a false nine, didn't help. Um, but yeah, I, I agree. I think it is good. I think the singing section that we seem to have got is helping. Uh, yeah. The club, I know, well, you know, when we were at the fans forum, we talk about atmosphere. The club are really, they're saying that they can't, it can't come from them, this, because if they try and do something a bit twee, Everyone's like, oh, what the bloody hell's going on yeah. on the pitch? But they're really, really open to fans going, we all want to sit together or we want a standing area. We want an atmosphere area. Can we have flags? Can we have a display? You know, similar like you see at Palace. The club are open to this. They want a better atmosphere because it makes a better experience and more people come. So if fans have got that, they are really open to it. Just approach them. Um, and yeah. I know... Just touching on that, there's also something that the club really wants to start, like supporters' clubs again in local areas or minibuses, or they're calling them hubs. So if there's fans in certain areas, like Rosendale, for example, where I am, and the, and they know that you know we could definitely get twenty people on a minibus, or and they'll even do like they're open to working with those clubs and having a quiz night there with a player or something like. They really want to start these, but it's got to come from fans going. We are all from this area and we'd like you to help us get to the games or whatever it is. So, to be fair, it, it is good, but if it wants to get better, it's got to come from the fans as well, a little bit as well. And I know there is an order on, on the club and price. Yeah, and I mean, it, def- it definitely comes on the fans, but I, it's nice to hear what you're saying is coming from the club because I do feel like the club's trying. It's trying with all the different groups around the areas. And it is really nice to hear that. I think the other thing as well is, our fans, they, they seem to have better expectations now, more realistic expectations, yeah. you know. So the frustrations, there are, there are frustrations there, but they're not quite the same frustrations as before. No. So when you are watching this team play, it is exciting. People are on the edge of their seats. We do feel like we're in games now. And, you know, we're, okay, we're probably a mid-table club, 
um, at the moment. So we can't expect to go into each game winning, but you do feel like there's something that can happen in that game that is going to get you off your seat. And that's how I felt. I mean, obviously me and Mark, we was around in the golden era of the uh, the 90s and that was, a you, we can't compare to that, you know, but coming into this one where I think I said about Bradley Dack, you know, when Bradley Dack left, it was the end of an era because Dak was part of an era where he made us love Rovers again. And now we all love Rovers again. We're not embarrassed to call ourselves Rovers fans. Yes, mm. we've got frustrations with the transfer things and that happened at the end of the, the window last winter. But generally, the fans just seem to be much more positive. Uh, there's less groans, less booing than I've heard. And generally, the atmosphere at Ewood seems to be a lot more friendly than it ever well, it has been in the last well, 10 years. Yeah. Rob, the fans are very similar to pretty much every Northwest fan, though. And that is, if you work hard, then nobody will really grow. Yeah, you, mm. you, of course, if you have a pass that goes out for you, oh, bloody hell again. But you can't really have a pop at somebody when they're just not good enough. If, you mm. know, you might have a pop at the manager then if they're playing them repeatedly and the same things are happening. But, you know, what we can't tolerate is Danny Murphy. Dixon or two coming for a payday, not caring, not trying. That's and if they reappear, those characters, it would reappear. Uh, yeah. You know, ironically, when I went, I went to a Villarreal game when I was over there, and they've got a player over there, and they adored him. And I, after five minutes, I thought, if he was at Ewood, the fans would be going mental because he'd, get, he'd try a couple of tricks, give the ball away. If Dolan does that, he's chasing if to be fair to him. He goes and tries to get it back. Mm. This fellow, arms are up in the air, and the fans were all in support of him. He, and he was just like, and they loved him. Um, you know, if he'd done that at Ewood, oh, can you imagine the Riverside? They'd be, they'd be playing out with him. Well, I think because we have got that young side as well, that that adds to people's excitement yeah, because you can see the future. You can yeah. see us heading in the right direction. Yeah, and and I think a lot of people feel a bit bad about booing a lad that's only 18, 19 on the right, pitch. You know, and he's trying his best. He's come through the youth system. And I, I do think yeah. that helps, but... Yeah, he would definitely has the better atmosphere than it's had in a long time. Yeah, 100%. We'll move on now. We'll go on to a section uh, this week in history as we take a look at the Turkish Delight, two guys' birthday and our favourite moments from him. So we mentioned the week in focus and who better to, uh, to discuss than two guys. Today marks his birthday, 53 years old on the day it's released tomorrow at the time of recording. An incredible player, one that I don't think anyone can argue as being one of the best they'll ever see at Rovers. I just want to start by the quote from Mark Noble that people might have seen when he said, when I was a young kid, I played against Blackburn and he taught me an absolute lesson in how to play in midfield. I was young and arrogant and I thought, oh, he's got grey hair, I'm going to run round him for 90 minutes and he had me on a bit of string. Obviously, I love Gerrard, I love Lampard and think he's one of the best goal-scoring midfielders the country's ever seen, but I'll have to go with two guys in my 11. And you look at the 11 he picked with Petr Cech in it, Wayne Rooney in it, Didier Drogba, just incredible. Mark, I'll come to you first. For anyone who weren't lucky enough to see two guys, whether that's because they're too young or they're not Rovers fans because there are a few that listen to this, just how good was the Turkish delight? Incredible. I think people like Mark Noble, who, you know, we're all biased because we're Rovers fans. We try not to be, but you are. Um, but similarly, I think we're well placed to judge because we've, you know, we've got a Premier League winning team. We've had some good players. But when you hear Martin Noble and, and any any player that's played with him that does one of those one to elevens or 
five-a-side teams. He's in every single one. Um, he, he was incredible. And I think he was underappreciated sometimes. And the thing was, if you look at him, he wasn't very quick. He wasn't particularly strong. He couldn't really tackle that well. He wasn't good in the air. All the things he couldn't do. And you never once thought, he's missing a bit of pace here. He's missing ever. He just had all the time in the world. Um, he was just incredible. It was just absolute joy to watch. He could probably still play now. Yeah. He, he's got the same qualities, wouldn't he? He'd have the same passing, the same, uh, say, I'm for a goal. Mike, any memories that come into mind for two guys for his time here? Obviously, the goals he scored, but anything else, Mike, that you'd, you know, you maybe pick out? Well, obviously, that Fulham goal was my favourite goal. I, just, I don't, don't know why. It was just that crispness, the angle of the camera and everything when you're reliving it. Uh, my favourite story is Sooness when he, he said that, you know, he went to have chat to the team and he just let two guys go off into the toilets and have a smoke and just came back and didn't need to tell him anything. He knew what he'd do. But when I watched him live at Ewoods, I just remember seeing him and he just didn't move. Well, his heat map was just in the centre of the pitch and he must have run less than a kilometre that game. They gave the ball to his feet and it was like the whole world just parted for him so he could take that touch and ping a ball and that's all he did. And yeah. like Mark said, that's what he had to do. You know, he just found the space. He loved that little touch, ping it off, let everyone else do the work. But he was that go-between and he was fantastic at it. For me, that the... moment when he left as well, when the full Blackburn ends got the fezzes on and the picture of him walking around it, I think that's up there with some of the best moments in that 2000s era. He would part seeing a full, you know, full end of blood and this old... Really old all the maths, guy though. in the midfield, yeah. Oh, the maths as well. Just what yeah. a play. I think if, if there's any Rovers fans who haven't seen him, um, you know, Liverpool fans talk about Thiago. He, he's a million times better than Thiago. Um, but is everything they like about Adam Wharton, where he looks like he's got time on the ball and he, and he picks the right passes and things like that. It, this was Adam Wharton with experience and probably, if we're being perfectly honest, a hell of a lot better. This guy was just unbelievable. And like I said, it wasn't, you know, or because the Premier League wasn't a fast game, the game was 100 mile an hour until it got to him. And, you know, I remember he stuck Gerard mm. on the backside. Um, there was, you know, there was there was a lot. I, but I remember he's, he played against West Ham when we won, was it 7-1 early on? And he yeah. just did a couple of step overs in slow motion, it felt like. Curled it in the top corner. Then we went away to Southampton. The ball just got pinged back to him. And he's just trots up to this ball, bang, top corner. And it's just like, he played how you can imagine how he, he trained. He was, was nonchalant, wasn't he? Everything oh. was just so simple and easy for him. It was like he it was like he cared, but didn't care. It was yeah, such yeah. a strange yeah. player to watch in, sometimes. I get where Noble's coming from with a quote almost, that you look at him and think... God, how's yeah. he a footballer? How's he anything? Yeah, all yeah. That one you mentioned with Gerard when he sits him down, he's up it's there fun. with uh, just incredible. Because it, the step over, it, it doesn't even look a good step over. You think, how have you fallen? But it's, it's this exaggeration. And then Gerard's there on the floor. And then a great incredible. pass. Yeah. He, two guys, one there. If we ever find someone close to him and see someone close to him, Again, during a time watching Rovers, I think we'll be very lucky. But we'll move on to the quiz now. Let us know down below as well your favourite two-guy moments, your favourite two-guy goal as well. I'm sure there's going to be plenty of comments, but just let us know down below. We'll move on to the quiz.
So welcome to the quiz. With three of us back, we'll be going back to a usual format of someone being a quiz host and then two people competing against each other. Today I'm the quiz host and we've changed it up a bit. We're going to go for quite a simple one that you listen on TikTok, on uh, YouTube, everywhere else. I'll name a topic. So say I say uh, Scottish players to play for Blackburn Rovers. Michael coming first and say Colin Hendry. Michael coming and say forgot who's Scottish now. Paul Gallagher. Yeah. And we'll just go back and forth, really. So, the first topic, and Mike, go on, I'll let you start first on this. I'll just pull up my answers. It is players to play 100 games in the Premier League for Rovers. 100 games, Prem. So, I've got... So, I'm that old, I need to write stuff down so I can remember the question. Right. (laughs) We've got quite a few here. The biggest one, 261 appearances. The lowest, 101. I'll stop you. We'll go for, we'll say you've got 10 seconds per person, just so we keep it going so we're not sat here forever. It's 10 seconds mm. all right for you both? I think so, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Mike, you can start when you're ready. Okay. Gary Flickcroft. Uh, yeah, bro- What did you say then, Mark? Sorry, it glitched. Uh, Brad Friedel. Yep. Hendry. Shearer. Flowers. Sutton. Wilcox. Dunn. Um, Henningberg. Good one, yeah. Good one's been asked. Um, I'm gonna go Jeff Kenner. Was there a long time? Duff. Ooh. Yep. Kevin Gallagher. Yep. Morton Gams Mm, Mark Atkins. No. Mark Atkins, 84. Oh, oh no. Did any of you say two guy? No. <laughs> I forgot about him already. Uh, Friedel, Pedersen, Emerton, Sherwood, two guy, Berg, Dunn, Hendry, Wilcox, Neil, Ripley, Flickcroft, Neil. Flowers, Nelson, Samba, Robinson, Gallagher, uh, Kenner, Shearer, Roberts, Sutton, Wissau, Duff, Reed, Newell, McCarthy, Bentley, and Aaron Mokawena. What's Mike Newell played more than Mike Atkins? I was shocked when I saw that list as well. Uh, Gil GV misses out on 99. I was waiting for one of you to say that and be one <laughs> off. So that is one nil to Mike. Now, the next one, I can see this ending pretty quickly. This one, yes, there are 48 players to have represented England whilst contracted to Rovers. Ooh. Can you name them? Mark, you've got the luxury of going first in this one. You might have to uh, just bear with me as I go through them, but okay. I've got the list and you're ready to start when, whenever you are. I've got Shearer. Yep. Um, <clears throat> right. Wilcox, didn't he get a cap? Yep. Did. Uh, Ripley. Yep. Flowers. Yep. Sherwood. 
No. Definitely did. Played in against uh, Ellen Road. I'm sure he did. Don't I'm tell on me the official never England. Played. Don't tell me he never played until he got to Tottenham. Hang on, let me just let me just phone the FA and find out see if this list is proper. I remember him playing. I can tell you the kit he played in. But was it the red kit? Played. Yeah, I remember that. But wasn't it under twenty ones? Was it? Oh, it no. couldn't have been because he joined us after, didn't they? Yeah, it, it, it could have been. Or was it a B-side? Right, so yeah. the official well, England Stats website on 99 states that he played Right, he, played. he added a B-cap in the under uh, when he was at Rovers. The age of 30 made his debut against Poland in uh, March 99. He was at Rovers then. Wikipedia sure. Wikipedia, I sure would down as leaving February 1999. Oh, no. And then he appears March 1999 March. against Poland, April 1999 against Hungary. Outrage. And June 1999 against that, Sweden. That proves how biased the FA are to London clubs, and Tottenham in particular. Outrage. I'll be honest, that was brutal. That was brutal. It was tough to watch that. Uh, there was Warnock, Bentley, Dunn, Sutton, Wilcox, Flowers, Lissau, Batty, Ripley, Shearer, and then you're going down into your Newtons, Douglas, Claytons, uh, your Ted Harpers, you know, your goal scorers of the early years, Bob Comptons, uh, all the way back to Fred Argus in 1880. I'll be honest, Mike, I was very, very, very unlucky there. That was harsh. I'm, I'm glad we walked into it because it's, you know, it's just an outrage. I feel sorry for him. No wonder we left We've got three more topics. I will play all five. The next one is teams that Rovers have played in a competitive fixture under John Dahl Thomason. So any game that John Dahl Thomason's managed at Rovers, any team we've played against in a competitive fixture, don't forget, not uh, not friendlies included or anything. Mike. I'll Are you going to keep first. up with this list, Dan? Because I've done this before and I really, I really <laughs> lost track. I've got it off the top of my head, hopefully. Okay. If we're right. Okay. Uh, ready when you are, Mike. Okay, I'm going to make it easy and say, Hull City. West Brom. Rotherham. Dingles. Leicester. Birmingham. West Ham. Hartlepool. Sheffield United. Bradford. And Preston. Have you said Preston? No, not been said. Uh, Wigan. Yep. The fact that you're doing this off the top of your head, Dan, is crazy. Yeah. I just think of Tyler Morton messing up for Wigan. Back. Have you said Reading? No, that's not been said. That's right. Uh, Stoke. Birmingham City. Seven. Seven. Did we say blows? I didn't think so. No. Uh, Millwall. Luton. Yes. Uh, Sunderland. Um, 
Swansea. Middlesbrough. Cardiff. Bristol City. Walsall. Ooh. Ipswich? No. No, oh, we, no, we wouldn't have done yet, will he? No. no. I think a cup or something, then. I was trying to think of who did we play? We played. You mentioned, I think you got all the cup last year. You got Hartlepool, no. No, Nottingham Forest. <clears throat> Forest. Uh, you mentioned Birmingham Cup, Leicester. Sure. Yeah, I think it was just down. 3 uh, 0 to Mark. I feel like the Tim Sherwood thing's going to be like giving you nightmares tonight, Mark. You're just going to see Tim Sherwood in that Red England shirt. I can see him in it now. I know. Glenn Hoddle. So I'm blaming. (laughs) The corrupt FA. Oh, they they did genuinely love Tottenham Hotspur, though, didn't they? It's always been Tim, hasn't it, England? It's always been. Yeah. Right, so the fourth one is a football-related quiz. Yeah, it's gone well. It so any team to play in the Premier League since it started in 1992? Okay. I believe there are 51. <clears throat> so, it goes to Mark to start us off. Arsenal. Man United. Aston Villa. Uh, Man City. Blackpool. Uh, Ipswich. Liverpool. Everton. Wimbledon. Oldham. Swindon. Derby. Southampton. Uh, Portsmouth. Yeah, Bournemouth. Newcastle. Middlesbrough. Sunderland. Uh, Sheffield Wednesday. Sheffield United. (laughs) Bad Leeds. Nope, still okay. Bradford. (laughs) Good. Uh, Everton. We've had Everton. Oh. Everton come oh. just after Liverpool. Quick, oh, have another go. Have another one. Yeah, go on. Quick. Uh, West Brom. Wolves. Birmingham. Um, you've had Villa. Um, Burnley. Oh, Mike. I'm sorry. Dingles. Cardiff City. I said Cardiff. Ah, oh. quick, quick. Uh, Tottenham. Charlton. Ooh. Is Chelsea? No, it's so. not. Brentford. Uh, Crystal Palace. Um, Wigan. Red Wigan. Uh, Norwich or Ipswich? 
I'll give him two there if not. Uh, yeah, I think we had no we had them, yeah. We've not had Norwich. Hmm. I thought I said it after Ipswich. Yeah, okay, carry on. Norwich. Um Coventry. Yes. Watford. Oh, I'm getting stumped now. There's going to be a really obvious one, isn't there, that we've missed? I might need to concede here. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to concede there. I think uh, I think we're gonna to have too much dead air if I uh, continue to think. Have we said Bolton or Huddersfield? You, oh, no, no, you didn't. You've got 35 between you there, which quite good going. Uh, which are the obvious ones that we've missed? You might have said some of these. Brighton. Oh. Uh, obviously, Mike said Bolton at the end there. Barnsley. Uh, Fulham, were they said? No. I've just no. Wrote it down. Luton. Yeah, we got Mike got Luton. Uh, Leicester. Yeah. Oldham. QPR. There weren't too many. There's surely an obvious one that we've missed, but I mean, Brighton's pretty obvious, isn't West it? West Ham? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, I don't think we said West Ham. There weren't too many that we missed at all, really. We've got uh, well people done, screaming that we've missed certain ones, haven't we? But well done, Mark. Got one. Come back, Sam. We've got one more round. So the final one goes back to being black and Rovers related. I shall just pull it off. I'll go for more of your era. Any player to be part of the 94-95 Premier League winning squad. Okay. Now, I am going off the trusty Wikipedia here. And the only, uh, only stipulation I have is they must have made a league appearance during that year. Okay. So they have to have played at least one league game in the Premier League winning season of 94 95. Uh, it is Mike to go first. How many how many are there? Oh 19. Twenty-one according to trusty Wikipedia. Okay. Unless my start... just gone off. I'm gonna start with Shearer. Flowers. Sutton. Tony Gale. Kenner. Sherwood. Your mate. And Hendry. What's that? Ripley. Wilcox. Um, no. Mims must have made a game. If I was with sent off, then he yeah, did. Yeah, Gallagher, Richard Witchka. That's yeah. always the one I forget. So thank you for getting that. <laughs> uh, Ian Pierce. Yeah, Batty. Uh, 
Atkins. Nicky Marker? Uh, no. No. Squad, but limp player. Uh, Gallagher. I said Max Gallagher. Said, said Gallagher. Ooh. I believe you've got 17 out of 21. Yeah, we've got 17 so far. Later. Yeah, Robbie Slater's not been said. Yeah, Slater. Go on, even if you can't win, go and finish it off. Get the final three. Uh, Andy Morrison. Didn't play. No. Peter Ford played in the Charity Shield, but I don't know if he played in a league game. Uh, No. 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 There's one you've missed with 40 appearances, if my list is right. Berg? Berg? Berg. Yeah. Yeah. Thought he was dead. Yeah. Um, Um, There's one with five appearances. Uh, Who else? Give us a clue on nationalities on the last two. So, English defender who played for Blackpool before us and Villa after. Oh, Alan, Alan Roy. Yeah, I thought he'd gone, that's why I hadn't said him, yeah. Yeah, Alan Roy. Yeah. Uh, where's the other one? The other one had 27 appearances, I believe. Uh, uh, it has him down as playing every position. Paul Warhurst. Yeah. yeah. The, the very first utility man on any championship manager. There was a, a real trend of centre halves going up front, though, wasn't there? 21. Yeah. Good going, that. We'll have a 21 between you there. Well done yeah. to Mike, who takes the win there. Next week, of course, what one of the other two will host will make the questions. Uh, but that's where we'll end off for today's episode. Thank you to everyone for watching. Really appreciate the support. Remember to go and vote in the FCAs. All the links are down below. All the Check out all the content coming out as well for the Watford trip, the Harrogate trip. Uh, we won't mention tickets again, even though I'm still bitter. Uh, and the Plymouth one the week after. Plenty of content coming out. And then plenty going forward. Also, deadline day next Friday. We'll have it covered in somewhere. I imagine Rovers might actually do something on deadline day. I have a feeling we'll leave it late again and maybe get something done. So hopefully we won't have Mike watching a foreign game again, <laughs> trying to scramble around to find a stream of that Birmingham Cup game, plus the debacle that happened. But we'll have it all covered on the channel regardless. Keeping out on Twitter at Robster underscore for announcements on what will happen with streams, etc. But until next time, we'll see you soon. Mike, thank you very much for joining us and well done on the quiz. Yeah, cheers, guys. And Mark, thank you for joining us. Shame about Tim Sherwood and the FA, but always a pleasure having you on. No, thank you, guys. I'm just off to go and write a letter to, a strongly worded letter <laughs> to Terry Venables and Glenn Hoddle. <laughs> thank you to everyone for watching, unless you're Terry Venables and Glenn Hoddle. Remember to hit subscribe, like, do all that stuff, and we'll see you soon for a new podcast.